Hey guys, and welcome back to the Duke Wisdom Podcast. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute since I hopped back on the mic. Uh, but I think I got back in the podcasting mood. Uh, made a guest appearance on the Five Point Play podcast. Had a great time getting to know those guys. You should definitely uh, look them up on wherever you get your podcast. Give them a listen. Go give them a follow on Twitter and everything. Uh, hoping to make a, a bunch more guest appearances on there and hopefully maybe have them on here as well. Um, but it's been about three weeks, you know, in the off season, it's more difficult to come up with things to talk about by yourself for 30 minutes. <laughs> and I keep talking about getting guests on and I promise it's going to happen as the, as the season uh, gets closer, but it's busy times for me right now, man. Um, a lot of work from a whole lot of different places uh, coming in. And so it, it's difficult to arrange stuff like that sometimes and get the times right. But uh, definitely feels like the time was right to come back in and start uh, going toward the two episode a week format that I laid out when I started this thing. Uh, as the season is is now getting into full swing, you know, countdown to craziness was this past Friday. It was uh, I was there. I was in person. And uh, I've been to every single countdown to craziness since 2011. So the one preceding the 2011-12 season. So I wasn't at the first two. And then obviously there wasn't a in-person countdown to craziness in 2020. So, but, you know, besides those first two, I've been to every single one of them. And I'll give my kind of takes on that. You know, I, I talked about it on the Five Point Play podcast as well. But I'll say some, some more different takeaways uh, that I had from countdown in this episode. And I definitely want to talk about recruiting, a whole lot of recruiting uh, noise going on for Duke basketball right now. Three big time players were present at Countdown to Craziness, and I'm going to talk about those guys as well. And then some more little just uh, odds and ends that that have happened in the past little while um, that I want to get into as well. And I think I'll go ahead and and, and jump into those actually in just a few little tiny news bites. Duke got a Woj bomb. Not often the Duke gets a Woj bomb, but they did. Um, John Shire signed a six-year extension through the 2028-29 season. So the Shire era has has increased in its time span, and I think that's you know a good thing. He he showed that he knows how to run this program in year one. Only you know positive things to say about Shire so far, and uh, excited to see how his career as a head coach progresses here and this season. I think. He has a really big chance to establish a really good team very early in his tenure. So that happened um, yesterday or maybe it was today. No, I think it was yes. Oh, it might have been today. Uh, you know, you lose track of time so much. But I let, let's say I think it I think it was today. And as of the time you're hearing this, it might have been yesterday. <laughs> um, but the Associated Press named Kyle Filipowski a preseason first team All-American. And I talked about this on Twitter. It's ultimately a meaningless title. It, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but it's always cool to see a, a guy, a Duke guy's name appear on the list or a guy that you're familiar with. And he's the only non-senior on first teams. So that's, that's a pretty big deal. I know the field of 68 ranked him as the number two player in the country, only behind Zach Eady. So some pretty, pretty big praise for Filipowski. But another guy that's getting pretty big praise, uh, also today, the uh, Bob Cousy Award watch list got released. Tyrese Proctor was listed on that. No shocker there. Jeremy Roach wasn't. So I'm going to assume that they're classifying him as a shooting guard. 
and he'll appear tomorrow on the Jerry West watch list. If not, then that was a major snub leaving Jeremy Roach off that list. Um, but speaking of Proctor, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin too much, but uh, you know, twenty four seven Sports uh, released uh, NBA draft big board today. Tyrese Proctor's very high on that on that big board, very high, higher than you might think. Uh, so go check that out. I don't want to give the scoop on it on here, but man, a lot of high praise for Proctor, and I'll get into a little bit more about that high praise for Tyrese Proctor later on in the episode. Want to join a community of Duke accounts publishing news, theories, and predictions on Duke athletics? Join the Duke Wisdom Network. Just go to dukewisdom.org slash join network today and fill out the form with your name and social media. Or you can DM at Duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. Become a part of the community of Duke fans publishing their takes today. Again, that's dukewisdom.org slash join network or DM at Duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. And you know, one more thing that, that kind of went down is the uh, AP top 25. Dropped on the 16th and Duke comes in at number two. No shocker. Pretty much everybody had Duke two with Kansas one. And I think if, if you're Duke, that's where you want to be. I mean, preseason rankings don't mean anything, just like the preseason awards don't mean anything. But preseason number one has like a curse with it. It's a, it's a big target on your back. And historically, they don't win the national championship. Sometimes the number two team does, though. You know, and so that's where Duke stands. And I think that's a pretty good position to be in. I'm, I'm a member of the student media poll, so I'll actually have a men's and women's college basketball top 25 weekly vote for that. And that's what Thursday's episode, a big part of what Thursday's episode is going to be about because I'm going to be submitting my uh, my poll by then. And so I'll, I'll be breaking down my top 25 and I think that'll be a, a fun thing to do for sure. So I want to get I want to get to the thing that's that's probably mostly on everybody's minds first and foremost, and that's recruiting. Like Cooper Flag, BJ Edgecombe, Patrick Nagongba were all present at Countdown to Craziness. Of course, also were the three players already committed to Duke: Darren Harris, Isaiah Evans, and Con Knepel. Uh So, but those those three guys that are uncommitted. Uh, you know, look like they're having a blast. You can't say any, you know, a whole lot about it, but you know, uh, it seems like they, they're having a good time. They get to go over there with the crazies, given a great reception by fans and everything. Uh, Cooper flag it, it, tensions have been high between Duke and UConn fans, man. Tensions have been high, uh, on, on social media that there's no doubt about that, but it seems like most people, most sources, most uh, quote unquote experts and you know even people uh that are already committed to duke seem to to maybe uh imply or or think uh that there might be some commits uh amongst those three guys and i think that probably the most likely is flag uh i would be pretty shocked if cooper flag did not commit to duke I'd be pretty shocked if he did not commit to Duke within the next 10 days, maybe less. <laughs> um, you know, you never know with time frames, but it really seems like a commitment is imminent for him. And it may be for one of those other two guys as well. Uh, I think Nagongba is, well, I think I'm pretty confident that Patrick Nagongba is going to come to Duke. I'll put it that way. Because if you look at the 
roster construction for 2024-25, and I've talked about this before, but if you you think about their roster construction for that team, if you're running under the assumption that Kyle Filipowski is not going to come back, Ryan Young can't come back, that leaves you, you know, in the front court with Christian Reeves and Sean Stewart. And, you know, I'm going to talk about Christian Reeves a little bit later. I'm going to talk about Sean Stewart a little bit later. But I feel like you have to have another big. That can't be your front court. Cooper Flagg arguably is a front court member, but he's stretching out a lot more. You'd like a little bit more of an interior uh, presence, a bigger body. Uh, Cooper Flagg can certainly defend. He can certainly play that four position, especially in the kind of offense that Shire is going to want to play with, with shooters out there, mobility guys that can pass at the four. That's a big thing that Shire likes, and I think Cooper Flagg fits that brilliantly. But I think Patrick Nagongbo will fill a role that is needed for Duke next season. And I think because that role is there, I think that is somebody that I'm pretty confident Duke will land. Of those three guys, the one I am least confident in, but maybe more confident now than I was a week ago, is VJ Edgecombe. I don't know where Edgecombe's role is, but I mean, he's now the number six player, according to 24-7 sports in the class of 2024. So, you know, he'll, he'll command a role. There'll actually be probably a couple of the guys already committed that would fall down the rotation if he were to commit. Um, but I think that, that Edgecombe has uh, real skill, and I think there's a really there, there's a chance that Duke pulls, pulls him in. And I think it's really interesting to think about what happens. I, I think it's unlikely they get all three, but I certainly now think it's not impossible. I think they're going to get two out of three, and I think it's going to be Flag and Nagongba. But, you know, I'm, I've been known to eat my words many times. I got on this podcast and said, Conkin Apple's not going to be a blue devil. And then literally the next day, he committed to Duke. And so, you know, if history repeats itself, EJ Edgecombe's going to commit to Duke on Tuesday, like probably an hour after I drop this podcast. <laughs> but um, let's, let's go through a hypothetical here. If Duke gets the commitments of all three of these, you know, it's the golden era of Duke recruiting. They land, they've got six commits. What has to happen with this current roster to make that happen and make that work. Well, you know, Hubbard's technically taking up a scholarship. So let's say, you know, Spencer Hubbard frees a scholarship and so will Ryan Young. Neither of them can come back. I think that it's fairly safe to say Jeremy Roach probably won't exercise his graduate year. I say probably because he certainly could and it's he's not going to be, you know, commanding and be a draft attention so it's totally up to him, and it's what he wants to do in his life. He, he certainly could. But I'm going to err on the side of caution and say Jeremy Roach probably not coming back for year five. Tyrese Proctor, likewise, I talked about how high he is on the draft board. I really doubt he's coming back. Kyle Filipowski's talked about it. You know, It seems like his intention is probably to be gone after sophomore season. Well, that's three guys leaving, plus Young and Hubbard. You got to clear one more scholarship. Uh, certainly, there are a lot of candidates for that. I mean, Jared McCain, Caleb Foster, both listed as first round picks right now. I, I am of the opinion that there's no chance that both of them and Tyrese Proctor all go in the first round. There is no way that that happens. There's just not enough wealth to go around, especially with Jeremy Roach playing the minutes Jeremy Roach is going uh, to play. Shout out to his countdown performance. Dude was a killer uh, out there. Best player on the floor in that game. But... There's no chance that Proctor, McCain, and Foster all go in the first round. One of them's coming back. And it ain't Tyrese Proctor. So it'll be McCain or Foster. I'm of the opinion that I don't think it's outlandish to think 
both McCain and Foster are going to come back. Ultimately, Duke has not recruited a a heavily recruited a, a point guard replacement. It seems more and more likely that Dylan Harper is kind of out of the equation recruiting wise for Duke. He's not at countdown to craziness. There seems to be no noise about his commitment. The only thing that makes you think that maybe it's still a question is the fact that he hasn't already committed to Rutgers because, you know, it really feels like he maybe should have already committed to Rutgers at this point. Um, I'm sure that that commitment might come soon, but I guess the longer he waits, it could be sort of like, is he waiting to see if Foster and McCain both leave? You never know. Um, but certainly one of them at least is coming back Duke only recruiting Harper in terms of guards. And I don't like their chances at all there. I don't know how involved they still are with Dylan Harper. Um, you know, I'm no insider with John Shire. I couldn't tell you that, but anyway, um, there's a chance that one of them clears out. Certainly at least one of McCain Foster or Mitchell is going to go. And that would clear the last needed scholarship to make those six guys happen. But then comes the problem of the crowded wings. Because what do you do with that much wealth of three-point shooting wings? Even Cooper Flagg's not necessarily a wing, but he kind of fits the archetype a little bit uh, of stretching it. But I'll completely exclude him from this conversation and just zero in on Darren Harris I'll zero in on Isaiah Evans. I'll zero in on Conkneppel, on VJ Edgecombe, on TJ Power, and on Jaden Shoot. That's six guys that expect to play and are playing, you know, similar positions. And I just, I don't know how that works. I think if you bring in VJ Edgecombe, I, I don't see a world in which it's even possible for Jaden Shoot not to transfer, if I'm being honest. But, and I hate to say that. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but I thought the same thing last year. You never know. Shire's getting these guys to buy in and in ways that, that I would have never expected a few years ago when Duke was losing anybody that didn't play significant minutes, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that could even work out. There's so many confound, you know, it just there's so many variables that we can't predict right now. Uh, so many guys that we really aren't sure whether they'll stay or go from this year's team. And um seeing how that works out with guys that are committed is, is interesting. And, you know, you never know with commitments either. We saw McKenzie and Baco and what happened with him uh, decommitting and everything. And, oh man, he was in the news this, this weekend too, allegedly uh, causing a, causing a ruckus at the Taco Bell, man. Come on. I'm not going to talk anymore about that, but that at the talk, you know, sometimes you need a crunch wrap Supreme at, at at, at one thirty in the morning and you know <laughs> i get cranky when i don't get it either get that taco bell either you know what i'm talking about so anyway um so it'll be interesting to see if duke does just go clean slate on those three guys that were at countdown what does that look like for guys coming back or going to the NBA draft, guys transferring. What does that mean for the for the roster construction? I think it'll be really interesting because Shire has built next year's team in a way that is that is different than this year's team and is different from last year's team. And he's leaned heavy into those wing players. And but I think one thing is for certain: one guy uh, will be big, big player for the 2024-25 Duke team. That's Christian Reeves. 
but he might be a big player for the 23-24 Blue Devils this season. Christian Reeves uh, now back-to-back, back-to-back uh, pl- player of the games, a countdown to craziness. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, he didn't have the same stat line, but they played a, a shorter game this year. Uh, but he had eight, 8.7 boards, conflicting block reports, uh, two or three. I can't remember if it was three. I had reported two, but uh, maybe somebody else has has me on that. I know he had a goaltend on one, uh, which was an impressive goaltend nonetheless. But this guy's motor, uh, the way they used him was 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 shocking to me. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. You know, uh, you know we did... As a network uh, for Duke Wisdom, we did a ranking of all 15 players, and I think Christian Reeves came in at like 11. I, I, I would certainly put him higher after having watched what I watched. And it's not just him getting dunks. It's not sec- just second chance points and getting blocks like it was last year. They're actively involving him in offense. Filipowski is trying to find him. They are putting him in that dunker role, and they, wa- they are looking for him. He seems to be an integral part of the offense when he's in the game. And that's what makes me think that his role might be a little more increased. Uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about like how I think the rotation is going to shake out. Christian Reeves makes that really interesting. I mean, clearly you've got the four guys that are going to play, Roach, Proctor, Mitchell, Filipowski. They're going to start always. McCain and Foster are never going to fall out of the rotation. Uh, one of them might start and then one of them come off the bench. Maybe both of them come off the bench. I think by March, ultimately, that that rotation is seven players playing hard, good, consistent minutes, and then two players kind of playing spot minutes in March. And for me, you've got you know McCain and Foster, and then probably one of Ryan Young or Christian Reeves. It'll be one of them's going to have to earn it over the other. I, I would say if, if you err on the safe side, it's going to be Ryan Young. Like Let's not re- overreact to Christian Reeves just yet. It's probably going to be Ryan Young that earns that. But Christian Reeves does a lot of things Ryan Young can't. And so it would not surprise me even a little bit if Christian Reeves is, you know, like seventh guy in rotation come March. It's possible. And then, you know, I've got question marks about uh, about some other guys. And I'm going to get into that right now because I want to talk about kind of the power, the power struggle, pun intended on this, the power struggle between the freshmen and the returning bench players. There's a power struggle to be had between TJ Power. And Jaden Shute. Jaden Shute got the start uh, at Countdown. TJ Power, I don't think he did. Uh, if, if I'm correct about that, let me, let, me, let me backtrack myself real quick. Let me look this up. I think TJ came off the bench. I know Sean Stewart came off the bench um, for Blue Team. But, and so that was really interesting to, to, to look at, you know, because I wouldn't have guessed that shoot would, you know, really compete all that much with TJ power for minutes, but it seems like, you know, respect the returner, respect the work that shoots putting in. It's not a done deal for TJ power. He's got to earn those minutes. I'm going to say that I still think he'll, he'll earn them because he's taller. He's more versatile than, than shoot is, but there's somewhat of a power struggle. Who's going to earn those minutes, you know, and early in the season, we'll see that battle kind of, uh, play out, and we'll also see the battle between Christian Reeves and Sean Stewart. Sean Stewart looks, uh, you know, he looks good athletic-wise, but he looks young. Um, it's just one scrimmage, but you can see kind of the, the the mistakes. You can see the youth in his game. But Christian Reeves looks a lot more polished this year. I, I think, you know, talent-wise, raw talent-wise, Sean Stewart's the guy, but Christian Reeves looks more polished. 
And he looks like he can do a job that no one else on this team can do uh, in the dunker spot and as a rim runner, a defender. Uh, I think I've always thought and believed that Sean Stewart can do that at a high level. But I think there's going to be a heck of a power struggle between those two guys, without a doubt. Um, I got I to gotta say one thing about Jalen Blakes. I feel bad for Jalen Blakes. <laughs> I really do because there's four other guards ahead of him in rotation and I, and I really hate that man, you know, like it sucks <laughs> that, that he's not going to be able to earn those minutes as consistently as, as you would like. Cause he had some big games and some big moments last season. And I really hate that he's not really able to, to do that, you know, to, to get on the court more this year than, than, than he did last year. And that's a shame cause he's a, he's a really hardworking guy. Uh, so anyway, let's let's get in a little more to some of the takeaways. Uh, Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach are the truth. Talked about it on the Five Point Play podcast. Go listen to that episode. I'm not going to get into it much more because uh, of how much we talked about it. I probably shouldn't have talked about Reeves as much as I did, but he, he's just it's such a big piece. Um, you know, I've got a note here that says freshmen might take a little time, and I've already kind of gone into that. It's going to take time to, for them to earn those roles if you're TJ Power. And if you're Sean Stewart and McCain and Foster, you know, as talented as they are, are operating behind Roach and Proctor. They're not, you know, guy number one and guy number two in the backcourt. They're guy number three and guy number four. And that might be a tough adjustment for them as players. You know, I think that there's there's a lot to be happy about seeing the way this team plays and just seeing how good those returning players are. Uh, Kyle Filipowski didn't even play particularly well. And, they still look terrific as a team, and I think there's a lot to like there. And uh, shout out to Countdown to Craziness, finally getting a scrimmage for the uh, for the women's basketball team. That was big time. Um, I was very happy to see that. Jaden Donovan was really, really impressive. Uh, she was all over the place, you know, number three player in the class of 2023 in high school. Highest rated recruit Dukes ever got. Uh, just heck of a passer, rebounder, defender. Uh, finisher. She's she's everything, and that Duke that Duke women's basketball team is going to be really interesting because only eleven players on that team, and one of them is Vanessa De Jesus, who's injured. So really operating with with ten women on that team, and that's going to be super difficult. This is a team that got a three seed last year, but ultimately lost its uh, three best players. One of them to graduation, two of them to tra- the transfer portal. Uh, very unexpectedly to the transfer portal. This is a young team now this year for Duke. They have some returners, Reagan Richardson, uh, Kennedy Brown, and Ashlyn Jackson, some some key returners, uh, but a lot of freshmen playing some some big roles, a lot of youth. So it'll be a year of working out the kinks, but I think the future is high in Durham. Get some of these these women to stick around, you know, and not test the portal. This is a team that can be a national contender. Um, I don't know if they'll be that this year, but next year, certainly, I think they can uh, bring in another good recruiting class and improving with age. Uh, a lot to like about Duke women's basketball as well. Love what Carol Lawson's doing with the program. And obviously, John Shire's got this team on the right track. This is a national championship contending team. There's zero doubt in my mind about that. And things are getting interesting, man. Let's, uh, you know, let's... I'm not going to get into to previewing the Villanova secret scrimmage. I'll get into that on Thursday's episode, and I'll go ahead and tell you what I'm doing on Thursday. A little bit of a preview for the Villanova secret scrimmage. You know, two years ago they played Villanova in secret scrimmage and uh, reportedly beat the snot out of them. Paulo Boncaro went crazy in that one. 
Duke's hoping for a repeat of that this year. And I'll get into my official ACC standings. I know I gave like a really rough version of that, and I'll probably be quick with that. And then I'm going to hop into my men's and women's basketball student media poll, top 25 official ballots. I think I'll post those weekly, uh, probably on my personal Twitter and on Duke Wisdom as well. Um, it's something you, I always want to do, you know. Getting to be a media member is is so it's such a cool thing for me uh, because it's what I've wanted to do you know, my my whole life since I was a little kid. And it's not voting in the AP poll, but man, it's it's something, and I think it's pretty cool. And uh, you know, I got to vote for the preseason ACC awards in, in football, and uh, that was super cool as well. And so I, I enjoy doing stuff like that, and I want to share. Uh, what I get to do with you guys, and I want to share, you know, some of the stuff I get to do as a media member, as you know, the season goes on for for Duke, for Carolina, for other teams. I want to share, you know, what I get to do and let you guys in um, on that, and that that that's a big thing that I I want to do here with Duke Wisdom, and that's what the Duke Wisdom Network is. You you know, if you listen to these episodes, you hear the little ad read <laughs> I do for Duke Wisdom Network, and uh, that's something I'm very passionate about. I want people anyone who listens to this podcast to feel like they can join in on what we're doing here. Uh, they can be guests on this podcast. They can write articles. I want you to come in and write articles, man. Let me tell you, I want other people's opinions, other people's takes, other people's work being put up on Duke Wisdom. The more people, the more bylines, the better. That's, you know, that's the goal. And uh, I'll be with you, you know, if you, you decide that's something you want to pursue, I'll be with you, you know, right there, uh, helping go through and uh, polish them and edit those stories and um, get you on the podcast and set everything up. And I can provide story ideas for those. I, I want to make this a community of creating content for for Duke basketball because I know it's something that everybody listening to this is passionate about. The season's underway, man. Countdown to craziness uh, had great turnout this year. It was. Uh, I think a big increase from last year. There's big expectations for this team and it's it's getting started, man. Secret scrimmage on Saturday and then uh first scrimmage or first um exhibition, the only exhibition of the season against Pembroke is next Wednesday. Uh I'll be here for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday from this point out. Uh we'll be previewing ev- uh, every game that happens and recapping every game that happens and i need some people uh coming on on the pod with me and we'll we'll get into this man i'm uh, we're gonna have a good time thanks so much for listening guys make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel you follow on twitter and instagram and threads if you're still using that and uh make sure you follow the, the pod on whatever platform you're listening on and thanks so much for listening guys and i'll talk to you thursday